Nick Abbott on LBC. Call 0345 6060 973. Right, more of your thoughts on uh, what on earth is going on in our theatres and uh, pe- people behind the wheel and in the queue for the supermarket checkout and uh, just the fact that people don't seem to be um, aware of how to behave anymore and what uh, might be the cause of that. Uh, but that's uh, to come after we jaunt over to America and talk to our US correspondent, Simon Marks. Hello, Simon. Evening, Nick. Now then, uh, let's start with uh, Zelensky, shall we? Because he's going to the US is, uh, this coming week, isn't it? Uh, yes, absolutely. He'll be arriving here uh, on Monday uh, at the invitation of President Biden. And all of this comes, of course, at an absolutely crucial moment because uh, President Biden has been utterly confounded in his efforts to try and secure fresh funding uh, for the war in Ukraine on Capitol Hill. Remember all those weeks ago when Democrats and Republicans came together uh, around a compromise measure to keep the government open to stop the government from shutting down uh, that had been put together by the then Speaker of the House of Representatives Kevin McCarthy. Well that measure included no funding for Ukraine and the Democrats at the time thought well that's not going to be a problem because Kevin McCarthy had promised that as soon as Congress uh, reconvened he was going to uh, begin the process of passing an additional funding measure uh, specifically for Ukraine. But of course by the time uh, he had an opportunity to do that, uh, he had been kicked out of the speakership by Republicans for committing the cardinal sin of working with the Democrats. And so there's been no money voted for Ukraine or indeed for Israel uh, over the course of the last few weeks. And the White House is now getting increasingly anxious, especially after last week Republicans in the Senate uh, blocked a measure that would have restored funding for both Israel and Ukraine saying that they're not willing to uh, engage in any kind of compromise with the White House unless Joe Biden is willing to work with them on strengthening his policy towards uh, border security on America's southern border with Mexico. Remember that Republicans say Joe Biden is obsessed with what is taking place uh, across Russia's border with Ukraine while evincing absolutely no interest in the record numbers uh, of immigrants that are pouring into the United States across America's southern border with Mexico. Uh, President Biden last week indicated that he's willing to have a conversation with Republicans uh, about that, but that is an indication of how desperate he is to restore funding to Ukraine. And so Zelensky will be here on Monday and Tuesday. He is, we are told, going to be meeting not just with President Biden, but obviously with congressional leaders, including the new Speaker of the House of Representatives, uh, Mike Johnson, who has been openly hostile to the idea of uh, providing more money to fund uh, Kiev's battle to defeat the Russians. I was actually talking tonight to one veteran uh, foreign policy hand uh, who has worked within the State Department uh, during the George W. Bush administration, who was saying that there is now a growing fear that if this problem isn't resolved, uh, the impact is going to be dramatic on Ukraine's ability uh, eventually to survive Russia's onslaught. And so uh, I think what takes place here over the next few days is going to be very important in determining the future course of that war and of Ukraine's efforts uh, to try and push back against Russia's aggression. 
Now, the funding for um, uh, to uh, for Ukraine is a controversial issue among Republicans. Am I right in thinking that despite it's uh, certainly a very controversial issue among the rest of the world, that Biden's funding of the Israelis is less controversial to the Republicans? Uh, much less controversial to the Republicans. Um, uh, it's all caught up in this same, I- essentially, electoral struggle here in which the Republicans want to portray Joe Biden as being soft uh, on immigration. Uh, but, of course, for the Republican Party writ large, uh, the crisis in the Middle East is binary. Uh, they all say that they support Israel through thick and through thin. There's barely any division among the Republican caucus on Capitol Hill Uh, with regard to Israel's, as they see it, right to engage in self-defense and to hit hard uh, against Hamas uh, in the Gaza Strip. But Joe Biden finds himself in a real bind over the issue, uh, excoriated uh, by human rights organizations, including Amnesty International, Médecins Sans Frontières and Human Rights Watch uh, over the last uh, 72 hours, uh, because, of course, the United States on Friday uh, vetoed the draft resolution that was being discussed by the United Nations Security Council that would have called for an immediate ceasefire, a permanent ceasefire, uh, and a de-escalation of hostilities uh, in the Gaza Strip. Uh, And uh, it's not just human rights organizations that are furious about this. So, of course, are left-wingers within the President's Democratic Party. And there's a real fear uh, that, uh, on the part of Democrats, that Joe Biden is beginning to hemorrhage support, particularly among Arab-American voters whose backing in states like Michigan, a crucial swing state in the presidential election next year, uh, could prove to be very, very important in a tight rematch with Donald Trump. But equally, if Joe Biden were to get behind the idea, if he were to U-turn and pivot and get behind the idea of a ceasefire, he would risk losing the support of some Jewish American voters, and that could cost him dearly in states like New York and Florida. So he's, 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 he's absolutely caught between a rock and a hard place over this crisis uh, in the Middle East Uh, and you know there is an irony to that because there are many observers who say look one of the reasons you know Joe Biden was 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 principal uh, in terms of restraining uh, Benjamin Netanyahu from his immediate and initial reaction to the events of October the 7th and the Hamas attacks on Israel but wherever he turns there are very very few good options politically uh, for Joe Biden and of course humanitarian uh, organizations are accusing him of moral bankruptcy I mean genocide Joe has become the chant uh, of pro-Palestinian protesters uh, on the streets of Washington and other cities over the course of the last few weeks and am I right in thinking that this is uh, an issue that is is not completely divided by age but certainly the older you are the more likely you are in America to uh, approve of uh, you know, whatever Israel is uh, doing and its um, ability to continue doing it. And if you're younger, like college-age uh, people, they are uh, more um, sort of nuanced in their thinking and are reacting negatively to the pictures that they see about what uh, is actually happening in Gaza. And it's the young that are more likely to 
traditionally vote for the Democrats. Yeah, I think that is absolutely right. And I think that the White House and the State Department have actually been stung by the extent to which younger Americans have recoiled from the images that they're seeing from the Gaza Strip and have gone after both uh, Joe Biden and Secretary of State Antony Blinken uh, and accused both of them of essentially turning a blind eye to war crimes. On the one hand, Joe Biden stands up and says that Vladimir Putin should be carted off to The Hague and charged with war crimes, but doesn't advance the same argument towards Benjamin Netanyahu. And younger voters tell pollsters that they see a contradiction in that position. And again, if we're looking at a presidential race next November that is going to be a rematch of 2020 between Joe Biden and Donald Trump, Biden needs to mobilize the coalition that put him into power back in 2020. And that includes young voters. It includes independents. It includes uh, African-American voters, Arab-American voters. And all the indications are in the opinion polls that he is losing partly because of his, of his handling of the crisis in the Middle East, but also partly because, as, as you and I have discussed before, uh, America's economic recovery just isn't being felt by voters in many parts of the country, even though the numbers uh, are very impressive uh, yeah. over the course of the last few weeks. Yeah, we can only fantasise about such uh, numbers in, <laughs> yes, uh, in exactly. this country. <laughs> Is the problem with Biden, then, with the younger voters, that it's not that, they will, that they've actually got a, an option about where to place their vote, that the problem is that that they might not bother going out and voting at all. Yeah, might not bother going out and voting at all, or may uh, decide to go and vote for one of the third-party candidates that out, that's out there. I've got Robert F. Kennedy running as a libertarian. Jill Stein from the Green Party uh, has thrown her hat back into the presidential race again. There's all sorts of speculation about other possible third-party candidates that might uh, enter the race, including the soon-to-be former Democrat senator from West Virginia, Joe Manchin. Yes. Uh, who, who, who seems to be flirting with the idea of a possible presidential candidacy, maybe uh, for this uh, sort of third-party grouping, no labels. Uh, so there's going to be quite a lot of choice, and any one of those candidates could siphon absolutely vital votes away from Joe Biden, again, assuming that next November's election is going to be close. Now, uh, the person that he's going to be up against, of course, is Donald Trump, and... Um... <laughs> rather uniquely for Donald Trump, he's refusing to go on television, <laughs> by which I mean to appear in court to testify in uh, New York in what he describes as a complete and total election interference. And, of course, he knows a lot about that. It's very disappointing. We were all primed and ready uh, for the former president's testimony in New York on Monday, but it is not to be. He has decided that he's not going to take the witness stand. This is at his fraud uh, trial, uh, the lawsuit that's being brought against him in New York by New York Attorney General Letitia James that, of course, accuses uh, the Trump organization of corrupt business practices, overinflating the value of their assets in order to uh, attract tracked uh, loans on favourable terms. She is seeking to disbar Donald Trump and members of his family from ever doing business in New York again. She's also seeking $250 million uh, in restitution. So we thought Donald Trump was going to take the witness stand on Monday. He's decided not to. He says he's already testified in the case, which indeed he has, because uh, prosecutors brought him to the stand earlier uh, in the proceeding. Uh, he was due on Monday to be questioned 
questioned by his own lawyers, uh, he is uh, exuding confidence, although where he finds it from, about the outcome of this case, saying that the witnesses that have been called have done it all for him. There's no need whatsoever for him to take to the stand because uh, the absurdity of the case against him has already been proved by the witnesses. But behind the scenes, uh, Trump uh, inner circle members and legal advisers are telling newspapers like the New York Times that one of the reasons why he's not testifying is because they worried that he was just going to get himself into further trouble because of course you know they can't control him once he's on the witness stand even when he's their witness much less when he was the prosecution's witness earlier uh, in the case so um the uh, headline grabbing nature of events in new york tomorrow is not to be and we will await the outcome of the trial the judge i think it's fair to say has been absolutely clearly hostile to donald trump during the course of this proceeding uh, at times begging trump's attorneys to control their client as he sought to turn the courtroom basically into uh, the stage for a political rally so i don't think there's any great uh, doubt about the outcome of this case but uh, the judge will not have donald trump's testimony uh, on monday to uh, think about as uh, we move into the verdict stage and in other show business news a person called Taylor Swift has just earned more money from touring than any other band or individual in history. What do you know about, what can you tell us about well, Taylor Swift? I actually know more about Taylor Swift than I did a few weeks ago, and I'll explain that in a minute. But uh, she has indeed broken all records. Her era's tour, the first to gross over a billion dollars in revenues uh, over the course uh, of the last year. And of course, this comes uh, just days after Time magazine named her 2023 Person of the Year. Remember, as well as the 4.35 million tickets that she sold uh, for 60 separate tour dates uh, with regard to the tour. Uh, there's also the movie of the tour that has been playing to packed houses. I mean, even up the road from us here in Washington, there's one of the last sort of independent art house cinemas uh, in, in the nation's capital, and people were queuing up down the, down the pavement to try and get into this film uh, just a few weeks ago. I mean, I think the reason why we should all be vaguely aware or more aware of Taylor Swift than certainly I previously was, because I had not really uh, spent very much time listening to her oeuvre, is because, you know, <laughs> there are people out there that say she could play a major role in the presidential election next year. Uh, she got involved in politics back in Tennessee when a Republican, uh, pretty conservative senator, Marsha Blackburn, was running for re-election election there and of course Taylor Swift spent many of her formative years in Nashville and she openly urged supporters not to back Blackburn that was unsuccessful then she started mobilizing uh, youngsters to register to vote and a record number uh, of young first-time voters registered the day that she put out an Instagram post on National Voter Registration Day earlier in the week and Democrats and the Biden campaign are definitely Daring to dream that she might decide that 2024 
for is the race to get involved in because she's expressed regret about not having spoken out against Donald Trump last time around. And if you want to turn around that difficulty you've got with younger voters on a variety of different issues, Taylor Swift might just be uh, the kingmaker in America's presidential election next November. So, um, you know, crank up uh, crank up uh, the music and uh, let's wait and see what she does. Well, this is all new information to me. I'll count myself a born-again Swifty. A Swifty, exactly. You and I are both in that camp. Simon Marks, LBC's US correspondent. Thank you, Simon.